0: Live from the Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Heart of the Matter where we are looking to try to discuss everything that has to do with being Christians in the age of fulfillment. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. So our Christian parents have had a child who has been sent off to school. We talked about that last week. And now they've had maybe another child or two or five or 10. It's all up to them, the couple and God. And they can, whatever they can manage emotionally and and, and, and financially and relative to a number of other factors between them and God. Even if they have children at all, They don't have to in the age of fulfillment between the couple. But if a couple has one child or 20, the next decision that couples start to make is now that they are sending them to a a Christian school or not, is what are the general rules? What is the administration of the home as Christian parents raising children in this world? uh, What are the house rules? What do you focus on? What's the discipline? How do you deal with each of the kids needs and wants and personalities? What do you force them to do? Do they have to go to church? Uh, Do they have to clean their rooms? Do they have chores? Do they get allowances? Do you as a parent get involved in in the PTA and coaching of the teams? Should they they assign, uh, should they make their teenage children get jobs? And uh, all that kind of stuff. What if the kid comes out really unique? How do you deal with that? Of course, all of this is up to each family and the couple, irrespective of what anyone says, including me. But I want to throw my hat into the ring for for whatever it's worth. When it comes to raising uh, kids, not only because I've raised three, but because I really have studied and watched. I've watched my own parents. I've, I've watched my friends. I've watched my children's friends. I've watched our friends raise children. And, and, and we've seen what works and what doesn't. We've touched on some of these things over the past two weeks with a show titled Baby Into House and Baby Goes to School. And uh, so we're going to talk tonight about family administration. And the best I can do is pass along what has worked for Mary and I, what has failed us in our own lives, where we have blown it. And what I have seen other families do, I really believe that raising children up is unique to each home. And so these are just suggestions. You will see other families do things very differently from what I'm going to say and are successful, even more successful in what they do. Perhaps if you looked at how Bill Gates' parents raised him, you would be amazed at some of the things they incorporated if you consider what Bill Gates is a success. I don't know. Some people do. Some people don't. But in the end, it really comes down to how people define success. And so that comes part and parcel with how to administer your home. I define success. If, if you define it the same way, then you might want to listen to what I think. If you don't, then, then don't. But I define success as children growing up and doing what they were made to do. I think that, that, that people have certain proclivities and, and, uh, and intentions and drives that are given them by God, and our children have those. And when they grow up and they fit in doing that thing, I think that's a success. But even more importantly, my definition of success is that children grow up loving God and proving that love through the way they treat their fellow man. When you have children who uh, treat their fellow man well, and it's out of a love for God, um, I consider that a success as a parent, whether they have money or not, uh, no matter what, if they are kind and nice and polite and good, and uh, that's a tough thing to do. So we're talking about raising children as Christian parents in the age of fulfillment. Keep that in mind too. Also, it's really important to our discussion that I have zero experience raising sons. And uh, watching the challenges of uh, other p- parents, uh, my own daughter, my oldest daughter, she has two boys. That's a real eye-opener of what it takes to, to manage and raise sons. And, and, and you can call me a sexist or whatever, but when it comes to raising daughters, I know what I'm doing. When it comes to raising sons, I have no idea, and there are differences. People say there's no difference. There are differences, and uh, so I think there's some big differences, even though the world disagrees with me. I do think, however, there's some general rules of application that can be used, and we'll talk about that and finally, what I will say is some of it's going to sound really old school to some of you, and some of it might even sound flat out sexist. And, you know, I'm just saying what I've observed. Give me some grace. I'm, I'm, bo- I'm getting closer to 60, and I have some some just views, and so they don't really uh, harmonize with the, the, how the world works. So I want to begin by making some first general assessments. Number one, when it comes to administration of, of a home with children, one, children love to see their parents in love. They want that. They want to see their parents getting along. Yes, they'll go yuck and stuff when parents kiss, and they might even try to physically get between them. Stop, stop, all that stuff. But in the end, children feel a great deal of comfort when mom and dad outwardly express affection use kind words, respect, charity, and grace toward one another. They really do. And they also love it when parents support one another's decisions. And they say, I, you know, I really support your mom in this, girls, or whatever. So uh, th- sometimes kids will try to divide the parents. That They win by doing that sometimes, but they respect it when parents hold a united front. Uh, those things are foundational to the well-being of children from an early age and really remain important even into the teens. Conversely, children are get troubled internally, and I've counseled enough kids too, and they become really upset when their parents are not kind to each other and are not demonstrative or not loving. And for this reason, I would suggest parents keep the vast majority of their differences out of sight from the kids. Yeah, you can have... A different a difference of opinion and uh and it's good for the kids to see parents work things out between them um I'm, that has merit in and of itself but if you are a couple that has a tendency to fight verbally and meanly and often throw things things like that your little ones uh, they don't need to have their eyes and ears filled with that stuff. It really does harm emotionally to them. Wait till you're, uh, till they're not home and then work it out in their absence. And uh, I know there's some parents who can't help themselves and they rip into their spouse in front of the kids and they get louder and louder and argue and they'll even drag the kids into an argument. It's not good for their welfare or their well-being. Don't do it. In the name of love of God and your children, don't do it. If you, if you can, and if you could stop now, it's a step in the great direction. You can do a lot of repair by stopping things like that. And I wouldn't be a good teacher or pastor or teacher of the word, uh, someone giving advice you know, on, on whatever. I would, I would be neglectful if I didn't say these things. When uh, I was younger, I grew up in a home, you know, probably by now, if you follow the ministry, my my mom was uh, 13, my dad was 17 when uh, they married and they they met and married. So they grew up like brother and sister. And uh, there was rarely a day that our family did not wake up to them screaming at each other, literally, and throwing things at each other. And and, uh, so kids there's a there's some really there's a bad fallout from that uh in the kids in our home uh that have been overcome for the most part but it's still there and you know i don't blame my parents they did the best that they could with everything that they could they tried their best But I also know the inner turmoil that is caused when two parents that you love both of them are at each other's throats constantly. So this is where being a Christian ought to help in a family where the fruit of the spirit will work and help us overcome our fleshly drives. The second general principle that goes hand in hand with this one is that children love and thrive in stable environments and they do really well with ritual. And which is why so many children uh, appreciate the stability that religion offers them. Kids often love going to church, uh, little children, because it gives them a stability of ritual through well-established family traditions. And that's why Mormon families can be so strong when the kids are young. It's because they operate in and through daily repeated monthly, weekly traditions, uh, daily family scripture study and prayer and then uh, Sunday is for church attendance and Monday is for family home evening and Tuesday is activity night for teens and Friday is date night for the parents and Saturday our dances for the youth and then uh, once a month is temple night and uh, twice a year is general conference and on and on and on and on all these traditions and rituals lined up and it gives a kid a sense of stability those things are wonderful in raising kids up and helping them feel secure they don't make them a christian and they don't necessarily pan out and do anything for the kid when they get older uh, but they really help at when kids are young the good thing is you don't have to be a mormon or part of any other religious establishment establishment that hands these things uh, down uh, you can do it yourself in your own family and get the the ball rolling on ritual and tradition and it happens naturally, and anyone who's a parent of of kids or has raised kids knows this is the way. There are parents who go to NASCAR every Friday, and 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 the family loves that, and the and the kids grow up loving NASCAR. There's families who do all sorts of things. Um, from my perspective, starting when uh, kids are young, dinner time, bath time, and bedtime are really important times in establishing tradition and ritual among kids it's a daily thing you got dinner time bath time bedtime uh dinner time you're around the table that if you are a parent i would stress being around a table eating together and um And then bath time is a time that, you know, the kids are getting all spruced up for. And then bedtime is the time when you get that twilight time and you teach stories and principles and really help them out. And we talked about that morning time is also a good one, too. Uh, As the family gets a little older, the, the family traditions start to orbit around what the kids needs are. You know, Johnny has to go this workshop and Susie has band practice and Billy goes to soccer or whatever it is. And so your traditions start to orbit around their lives and what they have going. And the good thing about those traditions, as you uh, incorporate what's going on in their lives, is, you know, you start to establish some other rituals. And like our family, when our daughters had to do these certain things over by the high school, whatever it was, or junior high school, or even grade school, we would often associate that with going to Del Taco because it was right there central to all of it. And so our family was a Del Taco family and, and if whatever they were involved in, we would include that tradition then as they grew older. We had a number of traditions that we held uh, religiously in our family. Uh, Many of them, I'm sure, are no different than what you've done. I don't think we're anything special, but I'm talking to you uh, generally for people who don't know and haven't had that. When our girls were younger, that always included in, in storytelling anytime you could, something called mean dog, nice dog, lots of swimming, ocean and pools, lots of swimming, lots of beach going, lots of walking on the uh, pier at night, uh, going to Dairy Queen. Uh, Then as they get older, you start attending the events in their lives, band or spores whenever humanly possible. Lots of shows that we would watch together. I don't know if people do that anymore since television is kind of weird. So I'm not sure how that works. We watch Full House, The X-Files and Funniest Home Videos if I can remember right. And always being willing. Always be willing to drive your kids and pick them up from what they're doing. And I know a lot of parents who have done that and they've been very successful at it. There are parents who will never do that and there are parents who will always do that. Be a parent who will always pick up, friends to, deliver, and be willing to pay pick up. I think it goes miles. Our family was also huge on exploring all of film, all music together, uh, and, and then eating out often, usually nothing big, uh, but Mexican. Uh, but then there were other traditions that included non-traditions. And what I mean by that is there were things that we would not allow them to ever see or do in our family. We held the adamantly that this will not be tolerated in the family and I think you're going to be surprised at what those things were in our family we never drank alcohol in the house we never had it or drank it in front of them partially because we were Mormon most of the time but also even though I would sneak alcohol uh secretly behind their backs while a Mormon uh we never did it in front of them and we did it under the principle that the license of the parent becomes the liberty of the child. The license of the parent becomes the liberty of the child. Uh, we also did not socialize very often with other uh, couples uh, that were their friends' parents. If they had a sporting event and every all the parents went to the pub part of the pizza parlor while the kids were in the video arcade part of the pizza parlor, we didn't join that. We went. We did our high school years. We didn't participate in that form of it. You know, uh, we adam- adamantly. I was adamantly against this in our family and that were adult themed cartoon shows Ren and Stimpy Beavis and Butthead the Simpsons we did not allow any adult cartoon viewing among our daughters now you're going to hear some other things that we did allow and you'll go you're nuts but it's because I thought that stuff was junk and that there were other forms of junk they could put in their head that would be more valuable. And because all their friends would watch those things, I made the stand. You don't watch them. And I know they went to their friend's house and watched them. That's not the thing. The thing is, in your house, have you set that rule? And then we also forbade them to watch music videos. I said, listen, I think that the medium is too powerful. That you combine imagery with powerful music, that that will make you become the music. Something that we stressed. Love music, but don't become the music. Just because you love, I'll throw a band out there that they didn't love, but Marilyn Manson, doesn't mean that you have to become Marilyn Manson, you see? So many people become the music. We taught love the music, love the art, but don't become the art. And, um, and then we also have the no tattoos, which I even abided by until I was 50 years old. And I did that because I wasn't gonna bring something in that I didn't want them to do. So uh, all of that, we, and then finally we also said, you know, we want you to respect adults, and we want you to be courteous to other people Uh, And of course that hasn't always been the case with our children, but we, we demanded that those were our family demands. We died on those Hills, but they there's other rules that we didn't have. And this is what blew the minds of many of their friends. For instance, uh, especially as they got older with Mallory, our oldest, we were hard and we did a lot of other things, but still we were pretty loose. And so we did not Uh, emphasize or demand many things like we didn't care what they ate we didn't care we let them wear pretty much what they wanted we let them eat whatever I already said they eat whatever they wanted we let them read we let them watch movies whatever they wanted we didn't have a curfew for them even on school nights we didn't have, it's a school night, you have to go to bed. Now with boys, you might have to do that. But with girls, they're pretty self regulating when they're young. And so you just don't have the rule. Other friends, oh, it's 8 o'clock, I gotta go to We're like, stay up. If you want to get up and you're tired, whatever you want. But go ahead. Uh, we learned that if they wanted to go to a party, they could go to the party. We didn't say you can't drink at the party. We said, you know, you know what we want from you and we trust you. Go ahead and go. We didn't have curfews on important nights. All we asked was that they uh, tell us when they're going to come home. If they said tomorrow morning, we'd say fine. We didn't have curfews. People are like, you're nuts. Their friends were like, your parents are nuts. But what happened was you have this, your own traditions working in your kids that is opposite of what's happening with their friends families who are their friends families say watch the Simpsons become the music uh, but be home at this time and you have to get up at this time and you have to wear this and you can't wear that and things like that. So people were blown away that they didn't have a curfew, but they couldn't watch MTV. And it worked because their friends were like, what? And they're like, I could stay out. That doesn't matter. But you can't watch MTV. No. And so you create your own culture, which is against the world, but gives the kids the Liberty. Let me tell you something. When it came to school, especially with the younger two, there were times when, when Delaney would come to me. Oh, I've got such a big test. You know what my advice was? Skip it. Don't go. What dad? Don't go, man. It's not worth it. And they'd be like, I have to go. No, you don't. And I've done that with her all the way up to graduate school. Don't make a big deal of it. If they don't want to go to school in the morning, they don't have to go to school in the morning. And guess what? They always want to go to school. It's not reverse psychology, it's just not making a mountain out of things that in the end don't really, really, really matter. They really don't. You know, that a kid goes to school every single day. Now I know there's laws now, and I know with boys it's different. I've watched my grandsons, they do everything they can to get out of school, everything. Girls are different, so remember, we're talking about raising girls. So and then another thing that's important is that if your children have ever been ashamed or embarrassed or mocked or picked on or confronted, especially by an adult, you go to frickin bat for them with a bat. If necessary, you go to the person who's picking on your kid and you tell them you back off, you do immediately what's necessary to protect them. And your children know then that you always have their back. And it's really important for parents when they're a child, you know, we're talking about kids when they're still, even in high school, you have adults who will say, other parents (coughs) who will say and do bad things to your children or bullies or people who are doing mean things. You get right in there and you confront it and you don't allow it to happen. So, And then finally, if they come to you and they have broken rules and they have sinned and they have fallen apart, you go to them and you embrace them with more love, not less. And I had to learn that with our oldest daughter. When she came to us initially, there was punishment and there was discipline and there was, uh, you know, disappointment. And that really did a number. And we were able to see what that did. And so we learned through her how to be better with the other two. And because your children have no one else to go to, if they can't come to you with the most egregious things in their lives and they can't receive love from you in the face of those things, uh, you're gonna have real difficulty, especially with girls. I don't know what to say about boys. Um, but man, if a girl comes to you and, and your daughter comes to you and she says, you know, I slept with seven guys in the back of that truck last night. You put your arms around them and you hug them. You say, oh, honey, that's, that's just got to hurt you so badly. And you must feel terrible. And you use love in the face of their failures, not retribution. I'm sorry, but especially with daughters. I just, that's what I've come to see. And um uh, Let me wrap up the time together with a few insights that's going to push me closer to the edge of being old and out of date and not current with how to see the world. But, um, I just want to mention a few things and, um, for whatever they're worth and Mary and I believe that children, it's incumbent upon the parents to raise the children that they have. And I have seen it, uh, I can count on probably two hands, the number of girls who have been put in the place of having to babysit younger siblings when their friends in junior high and high school are having a fun time. And you see those girls ultimately rebel, sometimes to the point where they'll get married in their early, I mean in their late teens, just to get out of the house. If you've had the kids, you take care of the kids and don't force that upon your daughters to do it. It does not do a good thing. It, it Now, I realize there's some girls who love babies and love to babysit. We're not talking about that. We're talking about girls who are growing up and the parents make them stay home and watch the kids that they've had while their friends are doing something uh, more fun. It's detrimental to a kid, in my opinion. The other thing is, and this is gonna get some heat, but. Um, I would not push a daughter into playing any sport that she doesn't want to play or if any sport at all. And I would also avoid pushing teenage girls into getting certain kinds of jobs. Um, I know you probably think I'm sexist and old school, but there is a corollary between teenage girls trying to earn their own money and promiscuity It's, I've seen it time and time again. So this is especially true if the girls are getting jobs in certain industries like the restaurant industry or uh, automotive industry as teenagers and and, and late teenagers too. Uh, It's better if they're going to get a job that they get a job in something that's going to be a career for them like at a hospital or volunteering at a at a, a community service or something like that where the environment is not predatory like at a restaurant, which is nothing but a meat market for the employees. And it's just an observation, but I can't tell you how many families I know who have thought our daughter, she's starting to get a little rebellious, her grades are dropping, you go out and get a job at Billy Bob's Burger Barn And so there's this beautiful teenage girl, or maybe not even beautiful, you know, 16 working behind the counter Saturday night while all their friends are coming through. And the little girl looks over at the fry cook and says, what are you doing after work? You don't want to do it. Be smart. Set your daughters up for a higher standard of their future. Set them up to be involved in things that are going to be beneficial to them. Not certain. It doesn't always happen. There's no rule here, but we would do better of having our daughters be involved in things, you know, like candy striping at the hospital, learning to be phlebotomists, taking blood, uh, teaching, going to the, learn, the library, being a teacher's aide, things like that. That sounds sexist, but there's a reason for it. And uh, believe it or not. And uh, so our world says there's no different in genders, but I think there are bottom line. I think it's important that children, Uh, are raised in homes that the parents are doing as much as they can to help them enjoy their childhood, help them. And what I mean by that is not necessarily enjoy it in terms of pleasures, but some, but socialization, let them be involved with their friends, family traditions, art, film, sports, auto mechanics, different things that they're developing trades in as much as possible. Let them live their young lives with parents supporting that because they're going to have to grind out an existence soon enough. Don't impose it upon them when they're young. And I'm going to stop there on the subject tonight because next week we're going to talk about when our kids come to us and they confess to us trouble that they're in, or they confess to us a real problem they're having or some sexual thing that's about them. Like they are sexually active or they're pregnant or they're gay. Uh, how do christian parents respond to news like that in a christian home in the age of fulfillment and that's the key so for tomorrow night write your comments below we want to hear what you have to say differ with me if you do tell me this is not the way you see it and just write out your heart because that gives us content to talk to you about we learn together maybe i'll change my mind on something here on heart of the matter